0: It's go time.
1: watched Empire for a good while and power and stuff, but I had to just obey the feeling inside of me when it was getting to the point that uh, the character Tyreek, he's a young man, he's following in these just, what's the word? I want to say tragic, Mm -hmm. tragic steps. And it might not be real for me, but I have sons to raise. So I don't want that rebellious criminal aspect to even come into my home. That's it. The and same thing with different arms. shows. Yeah. Like they're just different shows that like, even when it came to my friendships, I used to love uh, basketball wives, the reality show. <laughs> and I'm, I was light-skinned and I had a darker, a darker skin, best friend. And so it just, it took years of refinement for me to learn that Holy Ghost is my guide and Holy Ghost would tell me what to and not to listen to mm-hmm. if I obey. When I'm looking at our first year of marriage, I cheated. I felt so alone and desperate. And that, again, was a disobedience because I <laughs> did make the conscious choice that God will forgive me. Mm. And I also had a very, very, very broken decision to think, oh, well, I have the rest of my life to fix this. Because even in me going into that choice, I felt the conviction. I felt that wrong that wrong twist inside of me. Like, oh, don't you shit. Uh-huh. And ultimately I believed Jesus forgives, right? But Jesus forgives, don't he? Jesus, forgives. You'll be okay.
0: <laughs> that don't mean we intentionally sin. Shall we continue and sin that grace will abound?
1: Right. So I gave myself permission to abuse grace. Dang, that hit. Dang, that hit. Run that back, run that back, run that back. (laughs) So I gave myself permission to Mm. abuse grace. Mm. I don't think people have talked like that before. It's not misunderstanding grace. It's not taking, I abuse that thing. When we consciously, consciously decide to sin with, I have to say it's a partnership of the understanding that Jesus forgives. That's when we say, oh, because I know the outcome, I'm going to run over this thing. I'm going to knock a few punches into this thing. I'm going to hang this thing with a little rope and smile at it anyway. But you know what? And that hurts the heart of God. Is that,
0: yes, Jesus will forgive, but sometimes the consequences he won't take away. I love
1: that. And that's natural consequence. Yes. You have to learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the, the, one of the more uncomfortable parts about talking about God and to apply his fatherhood to our lives. Yes,
0: he corrects correct us he
1: loves. As a mom, like there was even a point a few, less than a few months ago when my son was like, well, you hit us, who hits you? <laughs> and, and I was impressed though, because then he did say, he pointed up and he said, well, God doesn't hit you. And I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. When I made this and this decision, this is what happened to me. Or because I didn't talk to this person in a nice way, I didn't get this opportunity. You know, so I had to try to make it make sense on a child's level that we may not get physically tormented, but I mean, cause and effect. I mean, if you, Girl, I'll say this only briefly. I would have told him,
0: spare the rods, for the child, it's in the book of Psalms, okay? Proverbs, actually. To do that.
1: Yeah, Even that I had to learn. And so when I finally did encounter that scripture, I felt my mandate as a parent, yes. accept the permission that God will work on their hearts. And that's the same thing that God does is that he allows your choices to bring back to you what you believe, what you believed in your decisions for. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, that word believe is hitting me because it's like Collateral like the amount of weight that you put on the, your decision. So you think that this thing was worth, like if imagining on a scale for uh, you know those listening, imagine on a scale when something is heavy, when it's worth a lot, it goes down. Okay. And that same meter is how much that consequence is gonna bounce back up. Because on the other side of that scale is God, is faith, is obedience, is loving your relationship yeah. with him, yeah. loving yourself, loving yourself enough to not wanna tarnish what you got going on. Mm-hmm. whether you understand it or not and when you decide to put that other thing on the scale and it's worth more to you when god takes his loving merciful gracious hand off of that scale boop, boop. flying that that sin that choice Go that it'll slap you in the mind, heart gut foot everywhere just <laughs> yeah. And so it's not for God to be mean, but it's for you to reap your own. And that's something I have to say when I reflected on my last seven plus years. Um, In 2020, I told myself, sorry. And I told myself, I forgive Mm. you. I did that to me. Like, no, I didn't make my husband cheat. But I, I rue the word R-U-E. I rue infidelity into our relationship. I mean, I opened the gate of sin by choosing i made a conscious choice to enter an unequally yoked marriage anyway and i wasn't too mature but i was conscious enough to know that that was a disobedience to god Mm. so the entering of this marriage was on the foundation of it all forget trajectory on the foundation of it all it was a sin and then to have made the first choice to commit infidelity i furthered that sin by allowing adultery in so it's okay on a spiritual level to understand that I put in motion, I started the gears, I twisted the wheel toward all of the havoc that was reaped. I'm not responsible for the other person. I didn't make them do anything. I don't carry the weight of their choices, but I can be accountable to the gate that I did open.
0: Right, right.
1: And for God to say, all right, babe, he has, according to Romans 12 and two, he has a good acceptable and perfect will so his good and acceptable is like where our free will carries us and i remember on my wedding day we were running late and i asked my friend to pray and i swear to you that the cars parted like the red sea it just cleared up and i got there just 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 on time so that was a rationale that i decided to hold on to that because god allowed for me to get there on time he allowed for me to not be stuck in traffic and miss it then okay god you are giving me permission to get into this the will
0: a lot of us fall into that into the permissive will we keep begging god with what we want what we want what we want but what about what god wants for us because because he's a good father automatically whatever he wants for us is better than what we want for ourselves okay.
1: And and that's like any sensible person, I won't even say parent, but any sensible person knows not to start your morning and go through the whole entire day on ice cream, soda, candy, galore. Even if you take the other foods to it, you know, the greens, the chicken, the mashed. Like if you're overfilling yourself, you're going to feel like crap by the end of the day, or better yet for the next two or three days on it. So there's a natural consequence to God saying, All right, you you sure? you want you want you want this that okay fine now he can say no 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 and no and no and he does thank you jesus that he does Like, thank you for the unanswered prayers can somebody say (laughs) thank you for not saying yes god some of those times
0: god's no was preservation
1: sometimes he says no but there are times where he's gonna let you learn from yourself oh yeah and that's the entirety of my marriage and we got back together it was hard it was uncomfortable but we never even addressed our infidelities. Mm. And then less than four or five months, things were shifting again. They were not happy. And I thought we were working on things. But how could I miss this? How could I miss this? As, as that winter ensued, so coming into 2018, he again was like, I don't think we're going to work out. And I'm like, are you kidding me again? Like, look, 2017, first year of marriage, I was on I was on 100 with desperation. Like, I don't care if I got to put my kids on the stand. I'll make them go to a little court-appointed therapy. I don't care who has to come testify and be like put through the ringer. I said to death do his part, so a judge is going to have to rip my entire life from you. A judge will have to make me give you up because I said to death do his part. Wow. I will be the whole contested divorce, years long, thousands in fees type. You're not leaving I came with that energy but 2018 when he said it, I was like okay if you sign I'll sign bye and not that I didn't want to I said all the way like this isn't five years ago when it's just the boyfriend girlfriend or you know fiance Mm -hmm. situation I'm in this and if you call this quits now like that's a finality I don't want you to flirt with me in five years I don't want you to look at me with nice eyes in two years I don't want you to come back around 10 years later with the Well, you know, that now that I've grown a little bit or, you know, I've had some time to think, no, you need to be completely sure because that's how sure I am about being in this. And so I gave him my stipulations and it hurt so bad. But I asked if if you love me. He said, yes. And I said, how do you know that? He said, because I can't leave you. I said, that's not love. That's attachment. Or in other words, addiction. Wow. And... That actually, I forgot to mention, that is actually one thing that led to our second breakup the same year before we got married, Mm. is I asked for space, not a breakup, but we eat together. We watch all the same shows together. We are basically the same person. I want just a little bit, maybe some weeks, to find ourselves. I don't know what career I want. I don't know what job I want to apply to next. I know nothing about me, the woman. I know I'm your, the mother of your children. I know I'm in love with you. Yes, I'm in love with you. You are my future. But outside of that, I know nothing not. for we're myself. And at the moment, at that point, we were living together. And at that point, it caused, again, that trajectory of hope versus fear. And it caused him to stutter and tremble inside of himself. And he suggested that we be allowed to flirt with other people, that maybe flirting going. would help us have some like rekindled zest for one another you know way. No way yeah <laughs> yeah and so against better judgment and out of desperation and that's what it all comes back to with knowing yourself and knowing what you do or don't stand for because in me not knowing more than us together i wanted to tolerate whatever it is that would make him stay And I made an acceptance, again, with the error, the excuses, the rationals, and the acceptance. I accepted that that was his condition, and so I gave him a limitation. Let me just say that boundaries are not boundaries if it tolerates something that that violates your boundary. That's not the boundary. You you cannot have a loophole in your boundary. Otherwise, you're cheating yourself. You are cheating yourself if you make one little tolerance inside of that boundary. Not. And so I was like, you know what? Because I I just want us to stay, I want to maintain us. You are allowed to do that, just no coworkers. Because when this little break is over, I I still want you to have to keep your job. I don't wanna have to lose my jealous mind. And that's exactly what he did.
0: And it became an open door.
1: An open door, and he did exactly the thing I asked him not to do. And so that whole period was evidence of the fact that when I was choosing myself, and I was still very, very, very early in my coming back to Christ. Mm. But in me starting that journey, in me developing integrity, character, identity, it, it struck a strength in me that he started to recognize and it was foreign to him. Mm-hmm. And in me growing stronger for Jasmine, I recognize, of course, these are not things that he's said, but the spirit has allowed for me to know that that began to allow him to fear losing me and not losing me just to myself, because I was starting to to say, no, I need my identity. I need my, my path. Mm-hmm. And that caused him to feel insecure, not just to lose me to me, but he was losing me to God. Mm. And that was a competition he knew he couldn't win. Ooh. And throughout the years of us from, so that was the year right before we got married and throughout, my life continuously showed that. I know that I was always, growing closer to God every single hurt I made Jesus my choice every single betrayal I clung to Jesus every single uncertainty or fear I had I got to know my God more Mm -hmm. I got closer to daddy and so by separate the second separation beginning of 2018 I said okay you know what but this time I did not want to dismiss a single thing that went on between us because I wanted authenticity Mm. I wanted whatever I screamed about or cried about to stand true and for him to respond the same you speak truth and so I told him to take a week you saying you can't leave me is not love it's not. you need to have more than that as an answer <laughs> and so I told him to take a week and you come back to me on if if you even love me and what that even means to you and he so we came back and had a very hard conversation and he said in plain English I don't love you And it hurt, like it hurt me the first time, but I was like, okay, say that again. And I pulled out my little phone and made a voice memo so that he can say it like two more times. So that in my desperate moments, when I'm scared, when I'm lonely, when I want him back, when I'm crying for him to to have a conversation, nope, Jasmine play this. Hear his words, not just the memory in my mind. I need to hear this. I need to hear, I don't love you, Jasmine. For me to have as much of a tangible reminder for my sanity to not allow the whining crying soul my fickle feelings Mm. to tear me back to drag me in a direction that was not my portion and so that was like one of the most crucial times and the best because that was february we were lingering there wasn't a lot of certainty clarity or intention on his part and those god has allowed to become my cornerstone of everything i do i started praying that in 2019 for certainty, clarity, and intention. Mm. Otherwise known as the know what, the know how, and the get done. Like when you know what you need or what you want to accomplish, you will also have the know how, the specifics, and then get it done. Mm. And he didn't have any of that in the claim to divorce. It was always like a 85 or 90% sure. No, that's my life you're talking about. And Well, no, March 5th, I received the gift of speaking in tongues. And I was curious. I was just curious about it. Like, how does that work? What do people do? Like, is it like a, a prayer, like a specific prayer for it or something? <laughs> and I just got really curious about it at the time. Like just even to the point of moving my mouth in a really weird way to try to make it happen. Like, mm. like how, do, how, why? And then one night on the way home and you, you know our area, I was on the greenway. Yeah. And I just stopped. Like I literally could not move my feet i wanted to go home (laughs) and then i wanted to pray like okay well god like what's going on i can't and i could not speak words sorry my words english words would not come out of my mouth and then in all confusion and all of me not being able to move my feet tongues occurred and i just was there and i was stuck and i just it flowed and to the point that i ended up on my knees and i just was
0: going in the middle of the greenway, in the middle of outside
1: outside and I like I was completely it. unaware.
0: This is beautiful. This is how the Holy Spirit comes in yet again, showing you himself completely through unaware. all of this.
1: Completely unaware. And for you know, those listening, so the Greenway is like this very, very, very large open, open. field. It has like a track around it. So I was like walking on the track and I want to say maybe 40 feet to my right were townhouses. So anybody can like look out their window and see this girl like just talking out loud to herself (laughs) or a little um, police patrol car or somebody riding their bike. And that was the most awkward part is that at some point a man did walk by and because I was on my knees, like just bent over, he said, East is that way. Assuming that I was of the faith that prays five times a day. (laughs) So I didn't say anything to him, but immediately I just acknowledged what he said and dismissed it because I knew that that's not what I was doing. And then I finished it. I got up, I was able to walk. And at that point in my relationship with God, I liked saying amen three times because amen just didn't feel like it ended. And two just felt weird. So three always made me feel like, okay, I, I, I said it, I finished my prayer, it's, it's in. Um, and so I I realized what was happening because at the end I said, O Gleshem, O, Gleshem, o Gleshem. And so I just recognized that in the fact that I said it three times, that that must have meant I was praying because in English I would have said, amen, amen, amen. Wow. And then on the way home, now I'm able to move my feet. I was just talking. Well, I thought I was just talking to God, but really it was being translated. And all the way walking home, I was praying to let God, to let my husband go to God. That I cannot, as the whole journey started, I cannot save him. Mm. I'm not his God, nor can I bring him to God. Here's your kid. Like that whole entire prayer was God take him. Mm -hmm. He is not mine in any way, shape, or form. Like I can't even say that's my husband or my whatever. That's your kid. You made him that take take your boy back. Like whatever, whatever happens in this marriage, Mm -hmm. do your thing, God. I'm out, not I'm out like quitting, but I'm out like I recognized that my missionary hands had no savior. place in this.
0: Yeah.
1: I, that was the first day that I was able to, yes, I let go in that time to recognize that he belongs to God and everything about the situation was now out of my control, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Like, God, if this doesn't work out, I don't want that today. Today speaking, March 5th, 2018, I don't want that. But if that's your will, here you go, hands up if your will is some other route, however it's going to look, whatever it's going to feel like to get us to restoration, cool. But on all fronts, I was giving him back to God. Mm -hmm. That's your person. You made him, not my project. I had an appointment for the doctor because I had stopped (laughs) smoking marijuana for Ash Wednesday that year. And it was a, it was a Whole turkey hard and fast. And even that was another thing I noticed throughout our trajectory from us knowing each other to me finding out about both children mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. is his increase in substance use, his increase in consistency, not even an increase, a consistency of being under um, marijuana. And it was something that never fit for me. I did it socially. I did it because I'm around the person who does it or the people who do it. And it wasn't until I stopped it for God. Again, he couldn't, that was a relationship he couldn't compete with.
0: So that was something that (laughs) the Lord delivered you from again.
1: He delivered me from that. And so that was the thing that we had not in common anymore. It wasn't a a mundane, thoughtless activity for us to bond over. But I was able to think clearly and make decisions more holy. (laughs) I I was able to be more holy. So when I was speaking ask in tongues, me. I had an appointment. Mm-hmm. Let me
0: ask you this one thing. Did you receive the speaking in tongues before you quit or after you quit?
1: After. Yeah. So um, that year, Ash Wednesday was on Valentine's Day. Wow. So like we, we were already smoking a little. And then I saw people with the ash on their head. And I was like, and I, I mean, I wasn't ready to let go because I had no intentionality about it. Like it wasn't something I meant to prepared for but mm. immediately upon recognizing what day it was mixed with the level of religiosity I was functioning in I was like you know what I'll pick something sure why not mm. and so give or take three weeks later I had insomnia like crazy though I didn't realize because we did it so much I didn't recognize that Jasmine the the, the stripped person had so much anxiety that I couldn't sleep before a certain time. I was up so late. So that's why I had a doctor's appointment. And in that appointment, so that was like maybe March 6th or 7th, the day or two after I received the gift of speaking in tongues. And the doctor said, okay, well, how are you with depression? I said, fine. And of course she responded about the anxiety because that's what I went for. Mm -hmm. And less than 48 hours later, I wanna say even the very next day, I was in severe depression. I could cry at the drop of a dime. Nothing felt good to me. Everything just, and the part of that, because I still didn't have a declarative decision from my husband, but nonetheless, it still was the the path toward divorce. I thought, I started to think if he doesn't want us, then why are we here? Mm. And the part of that is in both separations, he did express on his own that he wanted a break or he did not want to be husband and dad that wasn't an assumption made it was something he actually made known that he didn't want the burden of all of it the whole package so the depression swept over me all in days connected to my gift of tongues and it was just baffling to the point that on day two of it or three I was literally stuck in my kitchen corner And it, it felt physically, it felt like I was trapped there. Like I was pushed and being held on the floor by my kitchen window. And I, I will never forget that. I said to myself, if I didn't believe in Jesus, I would be dead. I know that the Jasmine I was in 2012 Mm. would have succeeded. That was such a scary time in my life where I was like, okay, Forget future kids. Like, I keep messing up, blah, 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 blah. That was the mindset that I was in. And and thank you, Lord, that I was taking a whole bunch of vitamins, not knowing that that's not what works. (laughs) So, you know, praise God. And that's even going back to the point of him saying yes or no to the things that he wants to. Because, like, whatever I could have thought of or tried, um, my college campus is by a river. Like, that whole night could have gone in a number of ways that succeeded in the devil's light. Hmm. But God was like, ah, you missed it, baby. No, see. Not this one. At, at that point, March 2018, it felt so bad. Like in my mind, I really got to that point of thinking if he doesn't want us, then why are we here? Mm. And that goes back to the identity thing because that is uh, the low point that I talk about in my book, Fixing a Tiara, that it's a hidden gift. Meaning, when God calls us home, us being released from this earth is a gift. It's mm-hmm. not to be feared. We're not supposed to be walking on eggshells. Like, oh my God, death. Like, death is not, like, the worst thing that can ever happen to a person.
0: Especially if you know Christ, is the but, best thing that can happen to you.
1: Right. Right. It's the best thing. But it's something that That's God, the right gives. Time for, not it's pre- a gift only when it's from him on his time when he says, okay, fulfill. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you were here to do, I love you, babe. Come back. Come back, and so that was like the scariest point where I was like, if it, if I didn't believe in Jesus, because the faith that I had before was rooted in religion, but not relationship. But this time, I had an army of one. I've, I've learned to say that this year. When they say you and what army? Oh, I got an, I got an army of one, and it's the biggest army this universe has ever seen. Let okay. me tell you how Jesus is an army of millions. Okay, you can't, you can't touch he this. He is the <laughs>
0: <mother-host>. <laughs>
1: And I got up and in that moment, God, I have have to say God did something in me because I didn't know what I was doing, Mm. but I fought. Literally, literally I pushed like my physical hands and my voice and I pushed around my house, my living room, my bedroom, my hallways. Later, exactly. Later, I explained that to somebody I trusted and they said, that's called oppression. And I can recognize now that over the years of living in this place, in my ungodly marriage, uh, the sins that I, you know, carried for myself, all of that were, as we said earlier, that's like having Jesus near the front door, but I have all of the windows cracked open for hell. All oh. of the windows cracked open to the lies out of hell. All the windows cracked open for the demons to join up. Mm, mercy. To the point that years and months and weeks and days of the devil and his Imps, I heard the word, I like that. I like that one. (laughs) But even some of them, I I, I wouldn't even call them imps because some of them are strong bad boys, all right? Some of them lies out of hell, them spirits are gangsters.
0: Oh yeah.
1: They will make you tell yourself you aren't gifted, Mm. make you believe that you aren't here to do a thing or to say a thing or to have this kind of beautiful relationship, and then make you partner with that lie. And so that's what I had to learn, is that it took time though. That's the, it's the same for our relationship with God, but the devil is strategic too. Oh yeah. The, devil That's is what the Bible tells too.
0: us not to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy.
1: Them devices, and so he's patient. Just like when Jesus was in the wilderness, he didn't ask all three questions in in five seconds. Like, are you this? Are you this? Are you this? Okay, I quit. No, he he had time to endure. He waited until Jesus was tired. He's he's so crafty and that's what genesis says when he approached uh eve is that it's the most cunning
0: you know the thing about that story i don't know if people even recognize when the enemy tempts uh, when satan tempts jesus the bible says in that same passage and i think it's luke chapter four if i'm not mistaken but he says that that after jesus has spoken the words him and the enemy left he left until a more opportune time meaning he Mm. come back but it's for us to stay prepared us to pray without stopping. Stay prepared. Stay yep. in the word. So even you know, Ephesians six says to put on the whole armor of God that will be able to stand against the walls of the enemy. So we must yeah. words stay in prayer in order to stay prepared because the enemy won't stop. Yeah. That
1: that and I, like it's not a highlight, but that right there is a point that I simmered on when I cheated because I never felt tempted before that like I just didn't feel attraction my eyes didn't look left and right I just was okay until I wasn't and just like to that point like the same way we have to continue staying holding God's hand growing stronger is the same at that time I I say like I wasn't working out my resistance muscles Mm. I wasn't working out my resistant muscles and and that's not my fault that I just wasn't exposed to it that's fine but in my decisions in my mindset in my relationship with God and all of those things that would prepare me for withstanding I didn't do mm-hmm. so even if that were to, ha- to be like having a conversation I've, I've heard people married people in church say like you have to make a plan to not cheat not saying that you're that it's inevitable but <laughs> even um in scripture, Scripture tells us that our husbands belong to, I mean, our bodies, our bodies belong to our spouses. And if we take a break from sexual activity in marriage, if we take a break, it's only for a godly reason and not for too long. God tells us, don't take a break too long. That way you won't be susceptible to the temptations of the world and to your flesh. So he knows that you need to stay up on it. And that it's not saying that we're stupid, weak people and you're going to cheat no matter what but that you have to prepare your minds for. It. You have to talk to each other about the real, the reality. Okay, cheating is a realistic possibility, but you have to guard yourself and to gear yourself for Guarding knowing. Spiritual your physically. Yep. You have to know how to avoid it. So same thing with how I cheated is the same thing in my faith growing to this point in 2018, that if I didn't have any identity in God, if I had no biblical truth whatsoever, that I had an army of one, I would have, pri- I, I don't think so, but I, I thought the lie out of hell was me and my kids could get it because if this boy, this person, this human, this man, like at that point, my identity was still so stuck on who I attached myself to rather than who I belonged to, God, mm. who I was attached to rather than who I belonged to, girl, look, I'm gonna have to listen to this whole podcast was- three times. <laughs> ooh, who I was attached to instead of who I belonged to. And so all of my value was in that. And it took, I want to say over a year. It took over a year for me to even come out of that mindset of still having value in my existence because I spent years being such a good, quote unquote, wife, a good little girlfriend, a good, you know, and being a parent you kind of just step into this automatic role of caregiving anyway like they're just different responsibilities that must happen and it was sad that we started or i started to jokingly say that i was the parent like if there was a team and a b team i was the varsity so it it was just a a lifestyle or a culture for us that i was the more responsible the more hands-on but when he separated the first time i thought like i had to prepare myself for how different it would feel to live like a single mom. And I felt no difference. That hit me so hard in the face when him not being present didn't feel any different from when we were together for years. How? How as a present individual did I not feel a difference? And so when that happened, I was so March 5th, I received the gift of speaking in tongues. By March 7th, I was suicidal, even thinking about my children that we have no purpose because his value for us this person this human's value for us is non-existent and so we must be as well and so i got up off the floor i got up as i know many people know that um sarah jace roberts has a uh, has that known phrase girl get up mm-hmm. girl get up <laughs> but i can literally say i did mm-hmm. and i want to say a week no like a week and a half or so I visited my best friend and her, her parents are pastors. So mm-hmm. if I visit her, then yes, we go to church. <laughs> and I had no clue that they, they'd been plotting on my spirit. Ooh, godly. It is, it is a Holy ghost activity thing that I was plotted on. We woke up on Sunday and she was like, okay, let me explain to you what tarry means. And I just thought she was teaching me something, mm-hmm. but apparently the Holy ghost then told the pastors that I needed to tarry and they had already had the church session planned. Like it wasn't gonna be regular church. It was specifically designed for me to come and tarry the Holy Ghost. And that's a really old school tradition way of receiving the Holy Ghost. I mean, you can receive it however God wants to, but tarrying the Holy Ghost according to like a really old school black church kind of way is Mm -hmm. saying the name of Jesus, clapping, like just shouting it, whatever it is that you have to do, even to the point that some people vomit, some people pass out, some people cry, spit, whatever it is, because you're cleaning out, whatever that is, your old you, your lies, your hurts, whatever brokenness that did detach you from God, that was taking up space where actually Holy Ghost belonged. Mm. And now what you're doing is you're fighting. And the word tarry means to wait. But yeah. I think also travail. Yes. Travail is a word used in scripture. And that is is comparable to childbirth. Travailing is such a painful fight that you need to push all of your endurance into this thing. So when you tarry the Holy Ghost, you're fighting. And in there, they taught me the term takal, which means like a blow. Or, a, or like, if you would imagine a cannon shooting. So when you clap, that's a takao. When you're calling on the name of Jesus, takao is a blow at the enemy. It's a blow at hell. It's taking a blow at Satan and all of his lies, his yeah. uh, schemes, his devices, the, the workers of hell, mm-hmm. demon spirits. So when you say Jesus, and they taught me, you say it as many times as you can. You don't need to scream. Right. You don't even need to sound legible. You might only hear the just sound of it, but you know in your heart and mind that you are saying the name of Jesus mm-hmm. with as much heart and energy in your spirit that you can. And you don't have to, to uh, clap your hands too hard because you don't want to get tired. You don't want to hurt yourself, but you just keep clapping and saying, Jesus, 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 as long as you can until you fight that thing out. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the word of God tells us to wrestle out our salvation. And that is a lifestyle thing. That's not just one moment. Or an event it is throughout our lives that Mm -hmm. we do wrestle in the different uh events and situations that we go through but in that moment sorry that's okay i tarried in that moment i tarried and it was so gut-wrenching so i don't know where they do it um at different places but like they had two people around me they moved all of the chairs back in case you know they just tell you to close your eyes Mm -hmm. like you're not here You are meeting Jesus, you're going to God, you're doing, you're going wherever it is in the heavenly realms. Close your eyes and think nothing of it. We have napkins. If you, if your nose starts running, if you got to spit, whatever it is, we have you. Yes, so we are gonna guard (laughs) you right. It was straight deliverance, yeah, that's what that is. And it's saying you need to get out, whatever it is, whatever, all of it, not even whatever, all of it get rid of all of it if you're walking around that's why there's people so that they make sure you don't trip or fall on nothing if you get on the floor cool they'll catch your spit they'll have a bucket if you got whatever it is and the most transformative part of it was when I finally got to that place of crying out Mm. please don't leave me Mm. because my dad died suddenly I didn't even know he was sick wow So that was not only abandonment because I felt like, why didn't you decide to fight your disease for me? Why wasn't I worth you staying for, Mm. but also because he didn't tell me. So I felt lied to like, you just snuck away, huh? You just, you just thought you were going to get out of here, huh? And also with my husband, with our infidelities and him divorcing. So I cried out to Jesus, please don't leave me. Mm. Please don't leave me. And there was such a desperation in me knowing or learning rather that I'm about to get the gift that never does. Amen. Ooh. Jesus is going to be like no person I've ever known nor will ever know. Not a single person, a child I will have, a friend I would make, a mm. parent or a husband can ever be as in me. And that's the thing, like e- even partners, friends being in our lives, that's a, a surface level in. Mm. Jesus being in me is an identity thing. It cannot be shaken. It cannot be altered. It will not go away. And and after, like, I wanna say, like, I don't know, like five or 10 minutes afterward, like I was sitting and everybody was calm and the pastor or um, apostle and prophetess, apostle was like, how do you feel? And I couldn't find the words. I really honestly thought there was a right answer, but I was like, I don't know, I feel like, uh, complete or something. And he was like, yes, what you feel is the Holy ghost. Mm. Now you are filled. You had God, you had Jesus, but now you have that other part that was missing of who you are, who you are, your spirit, man, your being, your spirit being was failing to behold the totality. I love that word. God started to tell me that word. I want to say like in 2018, now she's Dr. Shamika Dean. Check her out on YouTube. She's my mentor. It was her book writing prophetic, sorry, her prophetic book writing mentorship that I took multiple times to help push out my first book. She helped me in, in my my naming process, like, you know, bouncing the title ideas off of her and really learning how to be a prophetic writer, that this is a book out of heaven, from my life, but from heaven. <laughs> and in February In February, God was just teaching me these these internal principles about what it will look like when I come into my identity, that when I get filled completely in who I am, Jasmine's totality is not going to look like what this is. She's not going to go back to what this is. She's not going to do like she used to do. She just cannot be who she was at all. But you have a holy recognition of who you used to be and, and a righteous understanding of your refusal to go back. It has to be a refusal to go back. And I'm not gonna sit here and say, you don't love yourself if you do, if you backslide, if you you know, stumble and make backwards choices. It's a fight, like I said, wrestling out your salvation. But you recognize over and over and over again, or you feel that conviction over and over again that it doesn't fit, that I'm currently acting out of a former self. I'm currently operating out of a lesser me. And when you acknowledge that too many times, you're gonna hit yourself in the head and say, okay, lesser than me, you gotta go. <laughs> like, this is comfortable, it's been fun, but lesser than me, I'm done. I, like, I really just can't be this. And so that was the like, transformative beauty of March 2018. Received my gift of tongues and, on March 5th. That same week, warfare, out of control devil literally tried to take my life the wheat needed to get separated from the tares in scripture and that this person was not in God so this person was not like this person was not a child is not a child of darkness so to my knowledge unsaved so if the devil can use people just as God can use people I think God it took me until late 2020 to recognize that Some people are sent for a reason, and even if that reason is to be ungodly, even if that reason is to wreak havoc and hell for me, that reason was to hurt and betray and turmoil my existence, thank you for it being accomplished. Because as I said earlier, every single hurt, breakup, betrayal, lie, I did grow closer to God every single time I got hurt from this person, I grew closer to who I really was. I chose me. I chose God's love. I chose my love for self, two broken people trying to be each other's heroes Mm. to the first time he cheated and me believing the toxic, the toxic mindset of I need to be able to handle what a wife can handle. Mm. And then in our first separation, me trying to secure him, meaning even if other girls come or other betrayals happen at least I'll still be his wife what in the toxicity the and that was when I learned that two 50 percent people come together to make a hundred percent mess and I was so desperate to not be zero percent in his life that mm-hmm. I took 10 percent I took 25 percent I took whatever percentage of him that I could in singing. By getting into that marriage. The getting into the marriage for Jasmine was a sin. It wasn't just like a, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't have done that unholy thing for Jasmine. It was actual sin. It was mm-hmm. a it, it was a blatant disobedience because of how conscious I was. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, Jesus, I had a relationship with you, like more comparable to when I cheated. I know you. Me and you will have an impact on each other. And I'm making a decision to slap you in the face, do my sin, and still come back at you tomorrow like, hey, Jesus, can you help me out? So that is the level of toxicity in our faith that we have to recognize is is sin and disobedience on another level. Yeah. Because the sin by itself is sin, but it becomes disobedience based on your level of consciousness in it. So thank you, God, for giving us grace. Yeah. And mercy, and for um, those who don't have a clear interpretation of those two meanings, a pastor explained to me that mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. And grace is him giving us what we don't deserve. Like, oh, thank you. (laughs) It's the whole opposite. Like either way we don't deserve it, right? but mercy is when we deserve all kinds of spiritual beatdowns and he doesn't let that happen. And so thank God for our years of, I didn't know but it be but our sin becomes disobedience when you know good and dead gone well and you walk right up into that thing like hi five devil see you next week <laughs> 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 like no, yeah no i'm not gonna be a regular visit here <laughs> and so, so with it was just
0: that how now like where are you now and where does all of it stand like with the relationship and like your walk with god how
1: my God, holy spirit is so good that was you get the right segue, like you do. <laughs> so at the end of March, I went on a retreat and I prayed, what do I do, God? Like I spent a month, I can't believe I spent a whole entire month of not actually knowing what was happening in my relationship. He was stagnant, no conversation, no decisions, no papers, nothing. And I'm just sitting here crying and confused. And I asked God and he showed me a vision of, handing giving my hand out to my then husband okay so i interpret that to mean offer god to him offer him faith and if he accepts it cool but god specifically told me if he doesn't leave l-e-a-v-e command and i didn't <laughs> ever, ever since then i came home from that retreat and in the middle of the night we had a conversation and i asked him what we want to do and even with him initiating the conversations about divorce, it was only after I said, I need a Christian husband at some point in my life. He was like, okay, so I guess we're getting a divorce. And even that lacked intention because that was a response to what I said. And even when I said it, it wasn't in like ultimatum form, <laughs> but hey, God knows what he's doing, <laughs> but in my soul, again, the whining, crying thing, my heart, mind, mind, my will wasn't ready to let go. So I made the rationality again that his divorce is what is happening. He was the one who said he wants to divorce me. So it's on him to do it. And right then and there, I took my hands off of the wheel that God told me to drive. He said, leave. He gave me a command, but because I wasn't ready to let go romantically, I took my responsibility out of it and said that it was for my husband to do this thing it was for him to do the divorce until
0: next time it's grace from team kingdom connects where we're connecting you believers to each other supporting the kingdom and connecting all people back to the word of god through jesus christ until next time